Hey, welcome to Guitar Knobs, the guitars, gear, noise, and nonsense podcast hosted today by these knobs. Tony Dudzik, Pick Guardian. Jared Brandon, Brandon Wong, Pickups. Hey, this is Todd Novak. We are super happy to have you along for this episode of the Guitar Knobs podcast. That's right. This is one of my favorite things in the whole wide world, and I and I hope it is yours too, or at least one of your nicest things that you like to, <laughs> I don't know, be involved with. Sounds great. Yes. <laughs> Less filling. Jared, what do we do on this show? We talk about boutique uh, guitar <laughs> builders and people who build bows. And boutique, too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I, I, I've been saying boutique for a million that's, years. That's, that's your jam. I don't know if I could ever change that. No, that's you can't. Okay. It's and, okay. Uh, don't some, ever change for us. Sometimes yeah. we talk to the, uh, the larger companies, which we really enjoy as well. Yeah. And then um, we have 101 episodes as well. We talk about specific things. Yes, sir. It's a so, good time. So uh, speaking of that, we have somebody very special on the line. Mike Robinson. From Eastwood Guitars. That's hey, right. The hey. famous Eastwood Guitars. How are you guys doing tonight? We are doing awesome. We are super excited to have you on, as I said, the famed Eastwood Guitars. You've cornered the market in very interesting guitars. Cool. Cool. Interesting guitars. Cornered cool the market retro. On, yeah. Yes. So I'd like to think we've cornered the market, but yeah. Well, we're going to get all into that shortly. Uh, for those of you who can take a quick look, go to eastwoodguitars.com and or check them out online at uh, on Instagram, on your phone and stuff, and you can see all the good stuff there. Uh, we're going to get into just a tiny touch of business. One of our listeners, who uh, a very active listener, and I, by active I mean participates in the socials, sends us emails and all kinds of stuff. He had a great idea. Name's Ron Brené. And uh, he said, hey, why don't you do a question and answer episode from the fans? And we typically have, you know, not turned it into, let's tell you guys all about, you know, what (laughs) answering all your questions and stuff. Because as I've mentioned many times before, I I really approach this from a learning aspect. Um, I'm, you know, I'm partnered by Tony and Jared, who know, you know, way more in their little finger than I do about uh, guitar stuff. So I thought, you know what, Ron, that's a great idea. And we're going to open up the lines to do that. So the floodgates, the floodgates. <laughs> uh, mm-hmm. but we will need to do that via email. So here's the thing. If you want us to answer your question, shoot us an email, Todd at the guitar or if you must and you just can't possibly figure out how to send an email or want to or just refuse based on principle, you can do that uh, a direct message via Instagram. Okay? Those are your two those are your two options. That's it. Instagram or email. We'll take both. I don't know exactly when we're going to do that episode. We'll probably wait for sort of critical mass to come in as far as questions go. But stay tuned. So thank you, Ron, for suggesting that. Um, he's been a great friend to the show and, uh, and a great friend to me personally, so I'm, I'm thankful for his, his uh, involvement. The yeah. only other thing that I will mention, uh, two things. Uh, check us out on Spotify if you haven't already. Please give us a good rating wherever you're listening um, because it helps us get into the, um, I guess, the airspace of others who are looking for guitar stuff, guitar-related podcasts. 
and uh, we definitely want to grow our our new listener base. Each of you was once a new listener, so right. put yourself in their shoes. You know what I mean? Hey, let's let's figure out what's going on in our music world this week, everybody. Tony. Well, uh, yeah, two things. Um, interestingly, you know, I have this weird thing with three pickup guitars. A weird good thing? Or a, I guess a, it's a weird like good thing. A weird thing you should hide from your mom. No, I, I don't have to hide this from my mom. <laughs> I'm old okay. enough now, it doesn't matter. <laughs> no, you know, and, and there's always this deal. Um, in, in this case, it's a, it's a Rickenbacker that I put back together. It's a three pickup, 340. Um, and it's got a toggle switch, like a Gibson style toggle switch yep. and only four controls. Cause I put it back. I wanted to give it kind of a fifties look. So the traditional way to wire one of those is the neck and the middle pickup get wired together and kind of they're in parallel at that point. And so it kind of reduces the, the volume out of, out of that pair of pickups. And then the bridge is wired separately. So for when I first wired it, I said, well, I'm going to do something cool. Like I'll just use a master tone control. And then the third volume control is going to be a blend for the, um, for the middle pickup. And so I was monkeying around with that, played with it for a while. And it just, it, it, it was so counterintuitive. So today I decided that I would wire it with, you know, uh, two volume, two tones, but I put a push pull uh, for the middle pickup. Mm -hmm. So in the down position, it's wired like a traditional, um, Rickenbacker. Um, and then with the up position, it basically takes out the middle pickup. So it's not as, I guess, diverse as, as I originally had it wired, but it's actually, I think sounds a little bit better and it just makes so much more sense to me. So that was today's little project. And then, um, my buddy, Steve, God, I love Steve. He has he has a gear acquisition syndrome worse than I do. Yes. Um, but in addition to that, um, he has been collecting many different guitar magazines since the 70s. Mm-hmm. And um, he's in the process of cleaning out and selling his father's house where he had all this stuff stored. So he called me and said, I don't know what to do with all these boxes of magazines. But he's also very meticulous because he will have an index that has every magazine wow. that he he's he's a little anal retentive. But okay. that's okay. That's what I love about or him. O C D. Or or bo- a little both. Yeah. So he he said, I'm just gonna call someone and just have them haul this stuff away. I said, No, you're not gonna do that. So I said So you inherited them. Well, I'm going to inherit them. I wow. told him what I'm gonna do is I'm going to sell them for him and then we're just going to split the profits there you go so but i i mean i'm so excited about this because there's magazines that i've never seen before that's really cool I mean, stuff from i mean when i was a kid uh you know I'm, i remember you know, like i had magazines in the 80s and the 90s but the stuff from the 70s is just so out there and and, and you know on on eBay or even on Amazon, they're going for ridiculous amounts of money, especially yeah. if it's a, a a famous player on the cover. Late 80s, early 90s, not going for a lot? Although they are. 
Really? Yeah. <laughs> I've got a small Ooh. box of magazines that I've had that long. So I'm, I'm in the process yeah. here. I brought a, a list of the various things. I mean, wow, he's got guitar players. We're going to name them all guitar right now. No, we're not. And all of them. <laughs> okay, that's he's, enough for you. He's, he's got magazines from the UK. I mean, it's just like, so I'm, I'm just really, I'm going to start with the ones that I think will sell pretty easily. <laughs> yeah. But, he's got years written down, and then next to it in parentheses, it says all. <laughs> Wow. It's, like, it's, it's, all, and it's great. And these things all. are all in sleeves inside of boxes. Oh, you're kidding. He's wow. he's very meticulous. So so I'm thinking maybe there's gonna be some like insane collector from like Japan that's gonna buy the whole lot. It's possible. That would be know. convenient. Yeah. Well yeah. It would Anyways. Be, it would be expensive to ship. Or, but anyhow. or Toronto. <laughs> or Toronto. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Notice I said Toronto, not Toronto. Yeah, that was pretty good. You like that? I've been I've been working on it. We've been, we've got a lot of we have got a huge contingency of Torontonians uh, <laughs> on the show. So we 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 love the Canadians. Uh, let's hear from Mike uh, real quick here. Let's get him on the show. How about we do that? Um, I'm here. What are, what would you like me to discuss? The what's new this week? That's yeah. right, sir. How about? Uh, okay, so I'm not sure when, you, when you're going to air this, but it was my birthday yesterday, so I picked hey, myself up. Hey, happy birthday. Oh, thank you very much. I picked myself up a new toy, which is, um, I don't know if you guys, you're probably familiar with the Magnetone Varsity Reverb amp. Oh, uh, yeah. Magnetones are making a comeback right now. It is just so good. Like, for, for years, I've relied on a... a Fender Deluxe Reverb 67 Blackface. That was kind of my favorite amp. And it just kind of puts everything else to shame. But this this Magnetone is just killer. And the, the funny thing is, although it was my birthday yesterday, I actually got it six months ago, but I didn't I didn't tell it my wife until yesterday when I said, look what I got myself for my birthday. <laughs> <laughs> you, have so, to, you have to play that game too, huh? Yeah. Uh, so it's I... kind of been quietly hiding in the background, and now it kind of moved to the front. Nice. And, uh, yeah. Very oh, that, cool. That's, that's very cool. Yeah, there's, um, I don't know if you saw in the last, it was probably maybe three or four, five issues ago, uh, there was an article on Magnetone amps, the, the original yeah. ones. And they had like this giant, all-in-one amplifier that had you, the whole band plugged into. Oh, wow. And they had it on the back <laughs> of this pickup truck, and it had like 15. Oh, and, wait, yeah, I've seen that. Yeah, it's it's huge. It's like yeah. the, the Colossus or something yeah. like that. Yep. It And uh, Neil Young used one of the cabinets, or probably still uses one of the cabinets, not all the, the guts and everything, but it's got like horns and 12s and 10s and 15s and probably yeah. 18s for that matter. Yeah. But it was That's... all like this self-contained thing, and this band... Uh, that they interviewed used it in the '60s in the back of a pickup truck. Yeah, no, there, there's a there's a uh, an article or is it an ad? There's a famous ad I think that's got them hang, all hanging. It almost looks like that old Georgia Satellites uh, video. Uh, um, well, the one. <laughs> Obviously, your magnetone yeah. is not that amp. But <laughs> uh, uh, keep your hand. Yeah, it was a, keep uh, your hands yourself. Yeah, yeah. yeah, don't tell me no lies and keep your. Oh, you got to sing yourself. it with twang. No, man. I can't. Do Come that. on, it's such a great song though. Go listen to that song. That's a great one. Georgia Satellites. Yep. Okay. Hey, Jared, what are you oh, doing? Okay. So, uh, I'm just, I don't know what I'm going to do in my playing area where I have all, you know, the amps and guitars and all that kind of stuff. I have these nice guitars 
that are hanging up on, on two walls, two different walls. But every time I go to play guitar, I'm getting one out of the case. You know what I mean? But I don't want to hang up, uh, you know, my Gibson Les Pauls. I don't want to hang them up on the wall. Why not? Because I just don't want to hang them up. All right. I want to keep them in the case and <laughs> let them marinate in that old vintage stinky case. So you should not leave them in the case. <laughs> no, man. Leave, Why not? Leave, marinate them on the walls. They're beautiful. You got to look at them. Don't keep them in a case. Well, Come on. Then now. you got to get the special hangers that don't eat through the lacquer. It's just you don't have silicone. Hey, yeah, that's a good. A f- that that is a, a quick note. Anybody who's using Hercules style hangers or the kind of forked hangers that have like the rubber on the end, if it is silicone, that will burn through your nitro. Yep. So that's make sure you of. either put a towel on it or have the foam, the or foam ones. I've learned that the hard way. There you go. Yeah, my dad heard it from an expert right there. My dad had a five thousand dollar Gibson Custom Shop acoustic guitar that that had happened to. Yeah, and to get a so if you don't know what silicone ones look like, it looks like surgical tube. All right, it's sort of like vanilla yellow color. I know what silicone. If you have that, make sure you get your guitar like taken care of. There, people, kiddos, children's. I just feel better. When the nicer guitars that I own are in the cases. I guess so. But mm, Jared, I don't know. Most of your guitars are really mm, nice. Let's put that one out to a vote to the listeners. Your worst guitar is more expensive than my best guitar. Nah, yes, that's true. Just admit it. It's fine. Okay, so cool. Okay. You're working on that. Excellent. Uh, <laughs> Maybe you need one of those Jetsons closets, and you can, uh, you can have Ooh, yeah. it. It will, at random, send the guitar out to you. Like a tie rack thing. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, but just press a random button. It seems like Eastwood like should, should come up with something like that. <laughs> I'm on it. <laughs> yeah. If you I don't know it. which one to choose, you know, press the random button. You yeah. Know, just yeah. pick it for you. Yeah, it's like a CD changer. I yeah. love that. That'd be awful. It just gave it the same one every time. Except, except the console would all be. It would be like a series of like twelve um, single push buttons. <laughs> so like, <laughs> like an old jukebox kind of thing, or like an Eastwood guitar. <laughs> yeah, the problem the problem with that is we've got over two hundred and fifty models, so it'd have to be a really deep closet. Holy yeah, and then when it cycles through the one, yeah, it could take a while. Yeah, well, that's that's there's aspirations for everyone. Nearly a year's worth of guitars. Yeah, one a day. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> what about you, Todd? Well, What's going on? Man? I finally broke down. I wasn't so uh, I wasn't really happy with uh, my overall drive sound, and you know I think most of us who are playing guitar are always always searching for the best drive, the gooder drive, all that stuff. So I finally said, "All right, I'm gonna get an OCD." I've never had one. I've had the opportunity to buy one many many times, but as it is with me, as soon as I decided I needed to do that, it wasn't like in a week. It was like right now. I have to find one right now. And I found one online super late at night at my local uh, music go round, which is a uh, a place where you can, you know, you sell your used gear and they give you credit and you can buy new stuff. So it's like a used gear shop. And I went in to go buy it and someone had snagged it online apparently right after I had seen it. So there went my opportunity and I had practice coming up and I was like, whoa, is me. What am I going to do? So I went back to the old Craigslist and did a search, and lo and behold, I found a guy who was selling one. And I said, "How much do you want for it?" And he said, "In forty bucks, brand new." And I'm like, 
I'll be right there. <laughs> so I went and met him and I got it and it's pretty much brand new. Nice. I yeah, I was I'm smiling right now because that's a good deal. Ooh, that's a damn good deal. <laughs> and that thing sounds so good. Oh, why did I hold out so long? Because I'm a doofus. I don't know. But I still won't be buying a tube screamer. But anyways. Oh, that's too bad. Yeah. I used I was working on your guitars today. Yeah. And I did use the tube screamers. It probably sounded pretty good, right? It sounded all right. Yeah. All right. Anyhow, so that was mine. So now I kind of actually want to maybe get another one and just have it dialed in totally different for a different from my other guitar. <laughs> Like I, I have I done that. That, that is the, such an appropriately named pedal for you. The, the ones the OCD. and twos. I got the yeah. OCD ones and twos. I like it. They should. Uh, that should be a double pedal. Hello, full tone. That should be a double pedal. A double OCD. Oh, oh my gosh. Then we could call it the OOCD. The yeah. obsessive obsessive. Yeah, OCD disorder. Okay. Hey everybody. We've got Mike Robinson from. Eastwood guitars and boy am You'd. I excited! Great, um, and so is he apparently, and you should all be too. Why? Because Tony, tell him why. You, I know that you are like kind of personally vested in this in this episode. <laughs> yes, I'm a major stockholder. <laughs> well, no, I know that Mike's a friend of yours. And no, the oh, yeah. and producer, you love uh, these guitars. Yeah, so. Mike and I have been doing some stuff back and forth over the years, and uh, and I've always, I mean, I've I've probably owned. I won't say I've owned all of the line. But I've owned many different Eastwood models, and I've always been impressed. I mean, the thing that I like about them is they are based on classic, cool designs, Japanese designs, airline models. Yeah. Everything. And and they are so much... From from someone who's owned many of the original ones, uh, these are so much better put together. Um, And, uh, you know, you can actually use them in a live situation. So... For any of you who uh, are still going, like, I'm not sure what this is, uh, if you've seen, you're probably familiar with Jack White, um, his, you know, he kind of resurrected the hit that airline model, or at least, at least made it more present to a lot of folks, uh, so his red, sort of, quote-unquote, plastic-style guitar. Um, well, his is plastic. I, yeah, I know, but uh, I'm saying style because I didn't want to get myself into trouble if I was wrong. Just <laughs> <laughs> <the> case. <laughs> Double checking the yes. checkers. Um, and it may be even more famously, Johnny Ramone, Miles Wright. There you go. Well, it's a market. We certainly, we certainly cover all those bases. Yes. Yes. And guitars. <laughs> just, just the tip of the iceberg. Yes. And that was just to name it too. That's, that's just so people could go like, okay, I know what's going on now. Don't, don't forget that Kurt Cobain kind of guy with his, uh, his old... Uh, Mustang? No, the the old like the sidejacks. Oh, oh yeah, the sidejack. Side he, he used like a Univox high flyer. High flyer. That's yeah. right. Oh, and you and you make yeah, a high flyer high version flyer. too, right? We do. That's right. Okay, so we we're looking at very unique, very classic, older, I guess sixties based styles that Eastwood has brought into the future, which is right now, and also what just happened a minute ago. Uh, but wow. to Tony's point is that these are really, really well-made guitars now. And, and we, there's a great love for especially the old, um, like Tesco's and stuff that uh, the, the Japanese style guitars that are just kind of like strange and, you know, it, it very unique and borderline goofy looking at times uh, with lots of buttons and, and sort of things that's like, I don't even know why this is here, but it's cool. <laughs> right. And, uh, and odd shapes. 
But the problem with those have always been, Tony... They break. Yes. they <laughs> And they're not a ton of fun to play because they're just... They're, just not set up really well. No, a lot of yeah, the necks especially on the on the old Japanese ones can be hit very hit or miss. A lot of times they're either baseball bats or they're so thin you can't even play them. Yep. But I mean beyond that, I mean gosh, back in the 80s, I mean I remember when I would go to pawn shops up in in Youngstown and buy the Tesco's and every other things for, you know, 25 or 30 dollars and, you know, Back then, it was cool to smash things. I could, I could kill myself now for, <laughs> for doing that and seeing as what they're going for now. But, you know, in addition to the, the Eastwood line being uh, very well made, it's also stupidly affordable. It, they, they re- it really is stupidly affordable. So every time that I get an email uh, or something uh, in, my, in my Instagram that's saying, hey, here's this model, and we're running a deal on it, and it's like, you know, maybe... Um, I think you've had like uh, B units, you know, like blemished or, you know, uh, mm-hmm. just, and I'm sitting there and I'm going, why don't I just buy it? I, sh- I really should buy this right now. I should buy it right now. I should buy it right now. But I too have a wife and that would get me into a lot of trouble. So <laughs> When's your birthday? Yeah, <laughs> exactly. But people, these are really, really well-priced guitars. We're not going to say the prices, but I promise you, you will be shocked at how affordable these guitars actually are. And for the cool factor and the and the well made factor, um, this is this is kind of like you kind of have to have one of these. Now, I think we should probably turn it over to Mister Eastwood himself, <laughs> so he can he can actually run the rest of the show, so they just aren't listening to me and Tony blab on. Well, um, yeah, Mike, I'd be I'd be happy to. Uh, Let's go back to the very beginning. Pick up. Well, it's kind of like Tony when you were. Um, Hovering around pawn shops in the late 80s. I was doing the exact same thing. Early 80s. <laughs> yeah, early 80s. But, I mean, the, back then, it was, you know, long before the internet ever came about. So that's how you found these weird old guitars. So I, w- I was living in Toronto at the time, kind of mid-late 80s. I bought up as many weird... I was always drawn to the stuff with way too many knobs and switches because <laughs> it was just cool. I, I was never, ever a, a Fender or a Gibson guy. I just wanted things that just looked odd and then tried to figure out how to set them up and make them somewhat playable. Um, but in the, I think it was 91, uh, my family and I moved out to California for the business I was in was a tech company. And there was, I mean, there was more pawn shops in the Bay Area than, than all of Canada. <laughs> so <laughs> I could get, I could get in, jump in my car and he, uh, Saturday morning and hit a bunch of pawn shops and find, I was buying those old Jack White, uh, they're called Resoglass, they're made out of fiberglass. And I was buying those guitars in pawn shops for $200, $250 in 1991 through 1994 before anybody knew what they were. And I was just buying them because I thought they were cool. Yeah. Really quickly, what is Resoglass? It's, it's, a, it's fiberglass. So they were molded fiberglass bodies. And the reason, if, for those of you who, who, who know the guitar, there's a white stripe that goes down the middle of the body, and it's really just a rubber grommet that sandwiches the, 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 the back and the front together mm. and, and holds the two in place. So it's, it's a hollow body fiberglass guitar, the originals were, which, which had a whole pile of issues around that, which made it fairly unstable and next to yeah, and then they, they, they also had a, a hunk of wood down the middle. Yeah, of. they had to have a hunk of wood down the middle, which you mounted the neck to. 
Um, but the controls were just, you know, you drill a hole in the fiberglass and screw the, the pots on. And it, it, was a, it was a strange design, but it, you know, Jack White came, came on later onto the scene, probably late 90s, I'm not sure exactly, but all of a sudden it was cool to own those. And it, it all kind of came together. I think I, I started, what I started was a, a I guess you'd, today you'd call it a blog, but it was a website called My Rare Guitars in 1997. And the reason I was doing that is because uh, eBay had just started, probably a year prior. Wow. And that was the only place to buy, sell, trade stuff like this, if you, if you didn't own a store. And within you know, 18 months to two years, I had a, a fairly extensive following of, of like-minded people worldwide, not just the United States or Canada. There were people worldwide who were interested in the same weird, quirky guitars. And I would photograph every one that I bought. I'd fix it up. I'd write a little story about it, a couple paragraphs, that's all. I'd, I'd uh, put it up on for, for sale on... Uh, on the My Rare Guitars site and or eBay. And that's how the business kind of got started. Yeah, so I, I, it, I spent more than my fair share of time on My Rare Guitars if I was trying to identify something or if I just needed information. Yeah. And it was, it was a valuable resource, especially, as you say, for the, for the people selling things on, on eBay or, you know, anything like that. So, yeah, that was... Yeah, that, it was. And, it, and at the time, it was just a hobby. Like... Like any hobby, you, you get passionate about it and you write quite detailed descriptions of what it is you have, what it is you learned about them, how you fixed it, you know, why you fixed it. And it, you're right, it became, a, it became a valuable resource for anybody who was interested in this kind of funky, weird world. And I still had a real job, so this wasn't, you know, was never intended to be a business. Uh, until 2000, 2001... I went down to the NAMM show for the first time, and I took uh, that red, no, actually it was a, a Moserite guitar, because I was, I was really excited about Moserites, Moserite, Moserite, however you pronounce it, but I, that was the one style that I really thought was, uh, was really a beautiful guitar, still do today. So I took one down to the NAMM show and just started shopping around to see if there's anybody willing to build them. And I, and I was thinking, you know, I'll find somebody and I'll make 50 of them, and and there's a business. But you find out that back then, you need to order 650 of them before <laughs> oh, anybody man. even, oh yeah, before anybody even begins to talk to you. Um, so I kind of came away from that. Um, I think I was there on the Friday, went to the hotel Friday night and started drawing up on a piece of paper what, what a purchase order of 650 guitars might look like. And all of a sudden, okay, it can't be just Moser. It's got to be Vox Phantoms. It's, and I, so I just put down all the weird things that I liked. And I went back the next morning, and uh, that's how the whole thing got started. Wow. Yeah, and it was, you know, some, in hindsight, it was somewhat of a, of a leap of faith. But, I mean, the fact that we now have well over 250 different models in three or four colors each, and we've, we've got distribution warehouses in... Um, Chicago, Toronto, Liverpool, and you guys, actually, I met you guys at the new Nashville one. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, back in the summer, at the summer now. So the thing is, the thing's grown from, you know, from that, that you know, back of the napkin purchase order. And the funny thing was that, that um, I think it was, so that would have been, actually it was NAM, January 2002, we put in the order, 
We moved back to Toronto in June of 2002. And in July of 2002, this 20-foot this container <laughs> backed up, literally backed up the driveway. And, yeah, and all the kids in the neighborhood came out and helped us unload the container. We're stuffing guitars down into the basement, oh, into the living my. room. Like, you could, barely, you could barely move around the house, all these guitars there. So, so that, and that was like the initial order was 600-some yeah. guitars? or Yeah. Wow. That's that's crazy. That's the way they used to do it. I mean, you had to fill. They don't care what you buy as long as you fill a twenty foot container. Yep. If you fill a forty foot container, you're a really big customer. <laughs> <laughs> if you're if you're twenty foot, then we hope you get into into a forty foot next year. So. So how did you you know initially? I mean, it's kind of a leap of faith going with someone you really haven't done business with before. I mean, I'm sure now you know what your you know yeah. your suppliers are are capable of and and the quality levels and things. How, how did that first run, the first batch or whatever, uh, did it meet your expectations? Yeah, I mean, that, that's a big learning curve. And I, and I wouldn't say the first batch, I would say the first four to five years mm -hmm. were, was a big learning curve. And you start to learn, um, you know, how and when your expectations are gonna get wild, wildly missed. Mm. And sometimes you just can't imagine how bad it can be. Um, but you have to just kind of work with, work with what you have and then try to educate the, the builder more every, every cycle you go through. And, you know, then we started moving into different builders in different countries to hit different price points and different quality levels. And, uh, so, you know, now we've got, you know, uh, Mando casters made in China for two ninety nine, and we've got, um, you know, uh, the, the Revolta guitars with Dennis Fano that are more into the sort of $1,400 range that are made in, in Korea at some of the best factories in Korea. So there's, but, but it's been, you know, it's been uh, 15, 16 years of, of learning as we go. Oh, yeah, that's, that's yeah, a I'm commitment. Sure every shipment is something new. Yeah. Well, <clears throat> I've got a question. Um, what, did what led you to Eastwood? What led you to that name? Oh, I hate I hate this question. <laughs> <laughs> but the real simple answer is uh, that night, that Friday night, when I was sitting in a hotel room writing that PO on the back of a napkin, I was watching a Clint Eastwood uh, <laughs> movie. Real? It was like an all night Clint Eastwood movie it. thing. I like love every. Clint Eastwood. So I just I just wrote Eastwood on there just as a placeholder. Oh my that's, god, that's, that's crazy! I, did, I, I didn't know that. Yeah, that's, I wouldn't hate that question. I would answer it with pride every time. That's pretty <laughs> He's interesting. Probably had to answer that, a, <laughs> or is it a million times? times <laughs> or is it more yeah. like, do you feel lucky, punk? Yeah, right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I just wish I had a better answer because that's uh, a great answer. You know, people people oh, say you know it. the guitars from the far east. You should say tell me you know, whatever it is. Nah. That that's the fact of how it all came down. Mm, but you know, great. since then we've got. We've got a bunch of different brands that have spawned out of that. Airline, in particular, really came came together in in uh, two thousand six. Which, you know, you learn a lot about uh, about not just about dealing with manufacturers, but about um, trademarks and that whole world of um, patents and trademarks is a, is a an interesting world that that you really need to understand well to to do what it is that we do. Uh, so that, I guess that begs the question: Are these, are these license? Some of these designs really well known, like like the you know like the Moserite 
style and and the uh, uh, the airline are those licensed? Did you did you have to purchase license? Or yeah, most just... of, most of them we own now. We own the trademarks, gotcha. um, but it's there's basically in the guitar world. There's really only kind of headstock shapes and brand names that can really be trademarked. Right. There's always been the struggle about body shapes and who designed what and who owns what. And there's really it's just a it's a slippery, expensive slope to try to defend something like that. So right. obviously you don't do a Fender headstock, you don't do a Gibson headstock, you don't say, you know, Stratocaster with two R's. It's, 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 <laughs> you know. Yeah, they'll still get you. Yeah. yeah. It's just everybody has to kind of carve out their own territory and uh and and you know, do it with some level of integrity. There's not nobody's really trying to directly rip off somebody else they're just trying to bring a new product to market right. well and because, how boring would it be if everything was the same well well when they strip everything down most things have like a bridge a, a nut and probably two pickups and the rest of it is just different body shapes different headstock shapes sure. slightly different scale lengths maybe a whammy bar maybe not and i mean pick guards and pick guards. <laughs> and that's, that's one thing you're at no guards. shortage of is interesting <laughs> pick guards. That's right. Uh, that's great. So you, so you started in 2002 NAM show, mm-hmm. uh, spent the next 14, 15, 16 years now. And, uh, was there ever a point in time where you were just like, you know what? I've had it. <laughs> no, you know, the, the business, the thing that I like doing is growing businesses. That's, I had a high tech company back. We started in 89. We went and acquired our competitor in California in 91. We moved out there and grew that and then sold it. And then the, the guitar thing was just kind of a hobby that evolved into a business now. But I just, I, just have, I just have fun doing that. And so, you know, when there's bad time, like 2008, when the stock market crashed, yeah. our sales, as, long as, as well as Fender, and I could imagine anybody else who's selling... If you were selling something in 2008 that people don't really need, mm. like food, guitars don't fit into that category. You don't need another guitar, but we all know we all buy another one. But in 2008, <laughs> every, every guitar player I know, it doesn't matter if, it, if it's a choice between yeah. a sandwich yeah. or a guitar. <laughs> yeah. Guitar wins. Well. Yeah, but at that point in time, it was so it was so frightening yeah. that people just sat on their wallets and the credit cards just went dormant. People just did not buy because it was there was so, such a level of uncertainty. Um, yeah, there really and was. So everything, everything kind of just dried up and backed up like thirty five percent. Revenues dropped by thirty five percent almost overnight. Wow! And it took I don't know probably four years before that really four to five years before that really came back to you know comfortable. People are going to pull out their credit cards and 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 do what they used to do. So. You know that in terms of trials and tribulations and wanting to give up, that was that was a, a time that uh, I thought was about as bad as it could get. And you know, no doubt that's going to happen again in in the near future. There will be another mm-hmm. stock market crash, and people will be fearful about about their expenditures. But Oh, in the meantime, me to my stomach. <laughs> <laughs> you can you can delete that whole aspect because it's actually it's never going to happen again. It's just Mike Robinson, beacon of hope. <laughs> yes, put on your rose-colored sunglasses and follow me into the sunset. Yeah. <laughs> the uh, the fun part is is that when when uh, 
you know, we've just been growing. It, apart from that one blip, we just continue to grow and expand. And uh, yeah, that was going to be my ne my next question because I, I know initially you started off primarily out of out of Canada. And uh, what was the next step? I mean, did you go uh, to U.S. distribution or the, the the next step? I think was in two thousand nine. We I hooked up with a friend of mine who was actually a dealer of ours in Liverpool. And we just got to know each other over the year. He, he was selling a lot of our guitars over there. We were shipping them all to him from Canada. And when we got together for a trade show over there and uh, spent the weekend together and, and thought that, well, you know what, this, I, we would be better off working together at Eastwood than him and his shop where he could take over all operations for Europe and we could start shipping containers from uh, China and Korea directly to Liverpool rather than through Canada and then individually guitar shipping from there. So that that was the first branch. The next step was shortly after that. Uh, we just, the numbers didn't make sense shipping um, from Canada into the United States it, because 95% of the North American revenue is U.S. Okay. So... We just partnered again with uh, another one of our dealers down there and said, how would you like to warehouse, you know, 2,000 guitars and handle our distribution from there? And so that was, that was the next step after that. That was probably 2000, maybe 2012 or 13 we did that. Wow. So, um, so I guess now, especially uh, with all of the trade wars and things that are going on, I mean, is that, do you anticipate that affecting the business as well as distribution and... Oh, I'm man. more concerned about Brexit right now than, than trade wars. Really? Yeah. Bre huh. Brexit, Brexit can uh, just, you know, throw a spanner in the works. I don't know if that's a U.S. term or a British term. but Screwdriver. Okay. <laughs> it can just... <laughs> but I know what a spanner is. <laughs> it can just, it can a just monkey, mess monkey, yeah. monkey wrench. Yeah, throw a monkey wrench. Yeah. But so that's... And it's more immediate. It's kind of... Uh, I think it's April of 2019. And as far as the trade wars are concerned, it's just, it's just so much rhetoric going on. It's just easier just to ignore it and keep moving ahead until it becomes something. I mean, if I was, you know, I'm in Canada, if you're a dairy producer, yeah, you should be concerned. If you're if you're bringing in a couple of container loads of guitars, it's just not. It's just so small under the radar that to any of this stuff, you know. Mm. I, I don't want to, and and therefore. Let's not talk about politics. Yes. <laughs> Forget is... about that whole thing. I'm ignoring it. Is, is the, <laughs> Good. the short answer is I'm ignoring it. Good. Well, let's do we that are. right now. <laughs> yeah. Uh, one thing I will uh, make of note, I, I don't know why I've heard about this as much as I have lately. Maybe because there's actually there's two. So one thing I want to bring up is that you have an abundance of a certain kind of guitar that I, I think maybe just because our uh, correspondence with Alex Miller of Xander Circuitry and Eric Marrow, uh, who does a ton of demo work out there. Both of those guys are left-handed, which is <laughs> kind of strange and rare in the guitar world because I think most people just say, oh, fine, I'll just learn how to play right-handed. But they didn't do that, and they said, no, I'm going to be a lefty. And I'm sure as a left-handed person, it's kind of it's got to be difficult to find uh, some guitars that you want, and especially without having to pay a, a lot for them. Uh, I mean, we have your page up right now, and I'm looking at one, two, three, four 
just in the just in the small window that I have of one of six pages of all the guitars that are you know on. Oh, there's on a the lot main, more than that. well, I mean there's on probably, the main on the main one. Yeah, there's probably close to a hundred different lefty models if you right. There's a there's a filter that you can just click on left left hand version. Then yeah, there's probably five or six pages with twenty twenty on each page. I'm not sure somewhere right. on there, but yeah. So Alex from Xander Circuitry and Eric Marrow of Eric Marrow Demos and stuff. Uh, you. This would be a great place for you to get a guitar. <laughs> I'm just saying. Yeah. Uh, yeah, outstanding. So, as far as your model, as far as your models go, um, you, I know that you have an awful lot. You've said the number, and I should write this number down next time you do say it. But are you growing that base, or are you going to kind of stick at that base, or, or where are you at with that? Well, well. With the- we should talk a little bit about Eastwood Custom Shop, which is a kind of a separate business unit. Cool. Because it, it, it helps kind of explain why there's so many models and why it will continue to grow. But as, you know, every time we bring on another two or three model, we two or three models, we generally retire one or two. So um, it's just the nature of our business. Making, you know, replicas or tributes to really bizarre, weird stuff, There there is... There's a finite number of people out there that are willing to buy a uh, Tysco Del Rey Spectrum Five, mm-hmm. for example. Uh, it's it'll we'll continue to sell it. Um, you know, when you first bring it out, you'll probably capture sixty percent of the market, and then over the next five years, the other forty percent will will come through, and then eventually it'll just fizzle out. But by then, you've introduced another. I mean, when when we come back to Eastwood Custom Shop. But before I go there, just a, one note about the lefties. Yes. Um, the guy I mentioned earlier, Carl Cook, who runs our European operation, he's left-handed, so he's responsible for not letting me, <laughs> not letting me off the hook. A left-handed champion. <laughs> oh, right. my God, yeah. We he's have all so right. Many left-handed guitars. Yeah. <laughs> no, he's I'm not. I'm sure you lefties, your lefties out there can send an email to carl at eastwoodguitars.com thanking him for all of, all of those lefties. But... So, so about, um, probably, that was a Canadian thing, about, did you catch that? <laughs> it's okay, we get a lot yeah. of that on the shoe. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> a, a number of years ago, I'm thinking probably 2012, 2013, we, we, we're constantly getting people say, hey, I love that uh, airline map guitar, but can you do it in black with gold hardware, for mm-hmm. example? Right. And the answer always is, oh, no, like, we just can't do that. And eventually I, I, I put it a, a standard reply email together that said, yes, if you're willing to buy eight of them, I can do that. <laughs> and I just thought that would be somewhat of a deterrent until somebody eventually said, okay, I'm in. <laughs> and Dang I said, really? Should have yeah. said 20. <laughs> <laughs> so we, we ended up working on a deal where I said to them, okay, tell you what, you put up uh, enough money to to fund four of them, all put up the money to fund the other four of them, and as we sell them off, we'll pay you back. So you end up only paying for one in the end, but you're going to have to front some money. And it was just a kind of a one-time thing. And it, it worked out so well that we got thinking about this whole kind of um, crowdsourcing um, that, that had started to come into favor back in probably 2013 or 14. With uh, what's the name of the most popular crowdsourcing one? The Kickstarter. Kickstarter. Yeah. So we looked at Kickstarter and we thought, um, I, I understand it, but there's no way we're going to be successful there because people who follow Kickstarter are not guitar players. Our, our own mailing list 
is you know, 150,000 guitar players. So why don't we build our own Kickstarter for guitars, which is what we did. It's called eastwoodcustoms.com. And an ex the best example was, I think, maybe only the second model we ever did, uh, probably December 2014 or so. Somebody suggested, and this is where somebody could just make a suggestion, hey, why don't you guys do such and such? And then we say, okay, fine, we'll put up a picture of the original. We'll say, if we can get, you know, 12 people interested in this, it's going to, when we make it four to six months from now, it will sell for $799. Give us $150 now, and if we can get another, you know, if we can get 12 people to put in the deposit, then we'll go ahead and make it. And it's, it's really just that simple. Um, so back, cool. <laughs> it was, it was, That's and it was cool. just an experiment, but somebody suggested making that crazy old Devo guitar, which was called the LeBay. It was basically oh, yes. the LeBay two by four. I mean, you have Devo followers, you know, Ooh, that we, they we created that into a cult. <laughs> Were, weren't weren't LeBays so, made up in Canada originally? I, no, I think they were in Milwaukee. Okay. I mean, I'm not sure, but I think, but the funny thing was I'd been thinking about making that guitar for 10 years and I just always looked at it and said, who's, who's going to want that? Like, <laughs> Are we like, what are we going to sell? Like 10 or 20? Is it really worth it? And I always kind of put it aside, but we put it up on Custom Shop. And within two and a half, three weeks, we sold 170 of them. <laughs> Holy <laughs> smokes. Yeah, I know. I, yeah, there's a whole yeah. cult group. Oh, I know. I was trying to I bet half of how, them weren't even guitar players. I thought, how did that happen? And we, we realized that, that this is the, the awakening for me of what social media is and the power of it. Sure. There was a, there's a guy who runs the Devo um, Facebook page. And I went over there, looked at it, and then, wow, they've got like 800,000 followers. Yeah, they're probably not guitar players, but they're Devo fans. So we asked the guy to, and what he'd done is he'd put a link, because he'd heard from one of the Devo followers, hey, there's these guys who are going to make a replica of the old Devo guitar, and boom. And by the time it was done, we sold like 240 of them. And wow. This is so prepaid deposits six months before we even deliver the guitar. That's incredible. And that was kind of the whole. That was the whole catalyst for Custom Shop. Business. And and this is why, if you go there now, EastwoodCustoms.com, you'll see we're we're introducing a new model every week, which is kind of insane. But um, you know, and some make it, some don't. Some barely make it, which will only make those twenty pieces, and it'll be gone forever. Some like. Uh, we, we did a, a deal with John Backlund for Backlund Guitars, and those things, you know, we sold 120 of those. And now we've, since then, we think we've developed now six models with John. So it just becomes this way to, the risk is off my shoulders, the risk is off the customer's shoulder, because if, if we don't make the minimum target, then you get your $150 back and no harm, no foul. So nobody's... Nobody's taking any kind of risk. We're all just kind of jointly figuring out, well, would this weird thing be cool enough to do? And if so, put your hat in the ring and, and, uh, and, and please make suggestions. So I love you, know, you can imagine the number of suggestions we get and that have to be vetted for um, patents and trademarks. And that's where it comes back to what I was saying earlier. We really, you really have to have a clear understanding of what you can and can't do. Uh, but, uh, and, and for those of you who are looking, maybe trying to go, how am I going to remember what he just said about the custom shop? So if you, when you go to Eastwood, the first nav item is shop by series. And there is a custom shop link in there. That'll take you to it. But that, that actually takes you to the, the, that's a bit confusing, but that actually takes you to the ones that have succeeded on custom shop and are now 
um, full-time products. Uh -huh. So, so that's the second part of this whole thing. Once you graduate, so once the Devo thing became successful, we then make a decision of, do we want to carry this as an ongoing catalog item? It'll show up in custom shop on eastwoodguitars.com. Okay. But there's a separate site and there probably is a link in there too, but there's a separate site. There is on that East, page. Eastwood, yeah. Eastwoodcustoms.com. Yeah. And that's where you can see what's kind of in the pipeline right now. Well, we just put up another, I think there's two more this morning that got added to that. We're oh, actually cool. going to do a new port. You guys base. are familiar with the, um, the, the uh, Gretsch Billy bow. Yeah. 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 We, we got that one coming up probably tomorrow morning. So how do you skirt, you know, I mean, I know that, you know, you change out the headstocks, different things like that. I mean, do you ever get any pushback from some of these companies that say, Hey, that's ours. You can't do that. Oh yeah. I've got, I've got a file folder full of <laughs> cease and desist letters, <laughs> but, but you know, you just need to understand what they are, what they mean and, and how to abide by them. And you know, if you just stop doing most times, when we do get something like that is because we were unaware that there is some trademark out there and we just do what they ask, which is cease and desist. Um, but it's, it's not often that that happens because, uh, you know, there's, there, 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 like I said, we'd never do a Gibson headstock or a Fender headstock. You're just asking for trouble. Yeah. So right. you're just, most of these things, like if you look through the whole Eastwood catalog, most of them were built in the, in the late fifties and sixties by companies that have not existed since 1971. Sure. So the trademarks themselves, like Airline, that brand, yeah. you, you can, you know, at the time, back in the um, early 2000s, I just went and, and, and bought that brand. Jeez. <laughs> yeah. That's, 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 that's a that's clean amazing. way to do it. <laughs> yeah. Wowzers. Uh, so yes, eastwoodcustoms.com is where you can go get in early on soon to be released, yeah. uh, uh, models. That's really, that's really crazy. Jared has got his hand up, uh, for a question. Yes, Jared, you have like a I'm question? In the, I'm in class. I'm in the back <laughs> we row. We are in Nobody class. Sees me. We're always in class. Um, I wanted to get down into, into the guts of some of these things. I've, I've had clients, I'm a pickup guy, so I've, I've had clients call me and say, hey, I need a wiring harness for this weird, uh, not an airline brand, but a brand similar to airline, but it had all these different configurations and push buttons and really weird, just, and they couldn't find a, the correct wiring harness to save their yeah. lives. So yeah. my question to you is, how accurate are you guys uh, going, you know, uh, how far are you going to making these as accurate as possible? Or do you just, or do you just have somebody are they else re envisioned? Yeah. They, you know, just kind yeah, of redone. No, that's, and that's a good question. I mean, if you, if, for example, if, if you guys remember the Echo brand for out of Italy. Yep. And they had, um, that was a, an accordion factory in the 50s that got uh, retooled for electric guitars. Hmm. But, in doing so, they used accordion switches for a lot of their early guitars. That's why they have those really strange, funky yes, switches on them. Yes, that's so cool. Those are neat little now, guitars. Now, we've, we've done some, you know, that's, that's where, that's why we, in those cases, we avoid using the word replica of, I'd rather say tribute to, because that means there's no way I'm going to go find accordion buttons and redesign that guitar. But I'm going to take the aesthetics of the shape of it, the pick guard shape, 
uh, replicate the pickups as close as I can, but but more so from a um, um, aesthetic point of view than from a functional point of view. Because if you had the original, it functioned like crap anyway. So why why replicate <laughs> right. a crappy guitar? <laughs> you, exactly. What you're, what you're trying to capture is the spirit. When somebody sees that guitar, the spirit of it. That's a that's a good word. That when somebody sees that guitar, they get curious and they want to know more. Yeah. And and, and unless you put you know our guitar right next to an original guitar you're you're not really the subtle differences are, are are you know the nuances are, are are subtle and really don't matter because the odds of you having it next to an original you're probably not going to buy my replica if you own an original mm -hmm. so that's that's the you know that's the gist of what we're trying to accomplish well, one of the things that I really love about what you're doing is that, you know, there are so many guitars that, uh, aside from the weird, the ultra weird ones, there are some that, you know, we would, we just wouldn't have access to anymore. I mean, I remember just a, several years ago, well, even now, if you're looking for an original Moserite, um, you know, like, uh, like Johnny used to play in the Ramones, it's like, yeah, I mean, those are really expensive and yeah you what you're allowing us to do is is get that guitar without breaking our necks and it's going to be actually a better playing guitar oh yeah the electronics too especially yeah but i mean those are you know those and, are and, the and Johnny, our heroes made, and johnny's you know? electronics were not the original ones either yeah <laughs> no uh. no and I, that's what we find there's there's you know most of our customers are kind of curious uh, about how cool the old guitars were but there's no way they're going to spend four or five thousand dollars on a 1960s something that probably doesn't function well, and they'd be happy spending seven hundred to twelve hundred dollars on something that works perfectly. Yeah. And, and then the, we also have a lot of customers that own originals, and they look at ours and go, "Well, I'd rather go out on tour with with the Eastwood than oh, I would yeah. taking my original out." So they can leave, like you said earlier, you can they can leave their good stuff in the case. And uh, and take ours out there, and they know it's going to perform as well or better than, and still get the same appeal from a visual visual standpoint. Mm -hmm. That's fantastic, man. So, uh, what is next on the on the Eastwood plan? The, the um, one thing I'm excited about have have been as you guys were in Nashville, you you witnessed it, but the 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 next stage of our growth after after Custom Shop came. Um, these partnerships that we've developed um, first with uh, Jeff Sen guitars, John Backlund guitars, and then Dennis Fano, mm -hmm. um, who I'm sure you guys are familiar with Fano guitars and, and his latest venture, Novo. which is Novo guitars. Yes. These guitars are, they're just spectacularly good. Yep. I mean, Dennis, Dennis is the guy I have a huge amount of respect for what it is that he does. And a year and a half or so ago, um, we'd known each other on and off. Just he knows what I do, I know what he does, and we got together at, at Nam just chatting. And it, it just occurred to me that when I pick up a um, a Novo guitar, I think for every person that can afford this at you know thirty five hundred dollars, there's probably ten people who can't. So why don't we get Dennis to design? Uh, a series of guitars that are in that spirit of what he did with Fano and, and take it to a new, the next generation, but let us take care of, us meaning Eastwood, take care of manufacturing, distribution, sales, everything else other than the design and just have him oversee the design. And he is 
meticulous to a degree you can't even imagine. Yeah. But, but now we've got, you know, Revolta was the brand that he came up with, Revolta guitars by Dennis Fano that are in that $799 to $1,500 range. They're killer. That are, no, and, and the tagline we just read, you haven't seen it yet because we haven't advertised it yet, but it's coming up in the, in the um, trade mags and everything within, over the next few weeks is just Working Man's Boutique. Which, which kind of, for me, says it all exactly what it is. And, and I think there's an opportunity to take this market called Working Man's Boutique, people who can't afford the $3,500 boutique guitar, and, and give them an alternative that's, that gets them um, you know, the satisfaction of, of owning something like that, but at a price point that's manageable. And that was the whole kind of catalyst of Dennis and I getting together. And here we are, a year and a half later, he's um, opened a, a full Made in USA guitar manufacturing facility that is right from scratch. And that's all for his Novo guitars. And we've partnered with him on that space. And we handle all the distribution of, of the Revolta guitars from there. So his crew does incoming inspections, setup, and shipping of all the Revolta guitars, and then they manufacture the Novo guitars there. That's, you guys were there. What yeah, we, we were lucky enough to to uh, to meet you there and get a get a, a tour of the the Novo facilities and uh, meet with Dennis and everybody. And and yeah, the the Revolta guitar line, outstanding. Really fantastic looking, great playing. We're, I mean, we're like kids in the candy I shop. I <laughs> love that you have deemed it, you know, the working man's boutique because that is the struggle uh, for those of us who, who, you know, I mean, that's what our entire show is based on. Like the entire premise of the guitar knobs is, is based on connecting guitar enthusiasts with boutique builders. And a lot of times we have to do it from afar because we simply can't afford it. Uh, yeah. So the fact that you, that you know you're you know, helping that to uh, to uh, be a reality is is fantastic, and we're appreciative of it. Yeah, no, I, I, that's when you said the next stage. Like that's you know I've spent the last fifteen years building um, manufacturing, sales, and distribution worldwide for you know cool funky guitars. And what most boutique manufacturers or builders don't have is is just that they don't. They, they can make great guitars by hand, but the handling of the sales, marketing, and distribution is kind of something they're not, they're, it's not their space. You know, they're, they're good at the design, they're good at the manufacturing, the setup, and making beautiful guitars, but they need help with that. Yeah. And that's why, you know, we've got this machine that we've built that we could just take something like Revolta by Dennis Fano, drop it into the machine, and make a successful product launch out of the whole thing. Yeah. Outstanding, man. Yeah. If you don't mind me asking, um, and if you can divulge the information, I mean, on a monthly basis, I mean, what what quantity of guitars are you are you shipping? I'd love to say tens of thousands. <laughs> it's, <laughs> it's, it's nowhere near that. It's it's uh, it's under a thousand. Okay. And it depends, you know, how it breaks out in the. So our guitars are made in China and Korea, probably fifty fifty in terms of quantity, and. Um, North America, well, Europe is probably 40%, and North America would be 60%, with a piece of all of that being 5% elsewhere, which would be Australia and uh, Japan and, and places like that. I imagine Indonesia is uh, you're probably doing 
doing well in Indonesia? We're no, we're not. We're not manufacturing anything there yet. Uh, no, we no, no. I mean, don't selling, sell anything. Selling. No, we don't sell anything there. Really we'll interesting. No, you know, there's no, there's very little rock and roll culture in in those countries. Even China, for example, it's a very small market right now. Yeah, we we um, do have you, quite a few listeners there that and that have yeah. shared their guitar stuff. So that, that's why I was curious if that was a thing or not. It's just, it's, it, it's a tiny market compared to, like, North America, United States. I mean, Canada is only 5% of North yeah. America in terms of um, revenue. Like, the Canadian market is, is smaller than California alone. Um, but, really? You know, we've done, yeah, yeah. yeah. Huh. I mean, we have, we, have good, we have good, like, uh, Canadian bacon, stuff like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 Oh, I'm taking that. I'm taking that. These guys are laughing. I'm taking that serious. Oh, yeah, hey, no, we are too. <laughs> he loves his Canadian yeah, he, bacon. He does love bacon. No lie. Well, uh, who doesn't? <laughs> right. Cool, man. Well, listen, I, I'm just so happy that we got to talk to you about stuff. So you just did your, you got the Revolta out there. That's making, that's like crazy hotcakes out there. It's good. Go get your Revolta. Anything else on the horizon? Yeah, we've got a few other things. One, one, one of the things we've been working on for quite some time, and we actually showed some prototypes at the NAMP, Summer NAMM show, and that is a line of pedals um, that are... <laughs> Look <yeah>. out, Todd. <laughs> it's small, it's, it's, it's focused, and they're actually make, they're going to be made in Canada. Oh. Um, so these are serious pedals. They're not you know, offshore bringing them in by the thousands. They're right. handmade in Canada, and they're a branded airline. The reason we... I mean, we've gone a long way with the with the airline brand itself, and there's a certain kind of aesthetic and uh, sensibility with that particular brand. So these first couple of pedals will be branded airline, and then we're just going to see how that moves um, forward. The other thing we've got going on, which we so we own we own airline and all the brands associated with that and all the trademarks. We also own Valco. Valco was the original uh, manufacturer that did Supro National and Airline, and they also mm. had. Valco amplifiers that came out in many different brands, but we're actually launching a, a line of pickups that are um, designed in the UK and manufactured in Korea. That are they're going to cover all the spots where you would expect a brand like Eastwood to have the certain type of weird and funky pickups that would fit under the Valco the Valco brand. That's probably going to be ready for NAM show. How about any thoughts of going into amplifiers or? Ah, we, we, we tried that probably eight or nine years ago. And I just find that from a business standpoint, the profit margins don't, don't make sense to me. And gotcha. it's just highly competitive market. Okay. So not a and lot of gain there. I can't, I can't build something as good as this magnetone. Yeah. There's no way. That's yeah. That's yeah. That's a good one. Well, I'm excited to see, uh, especially the the airline pedals. I think uh, I, I I'm I really like pedals and stuff, and I know most of our listeners are pretty into them. Uh, when do you expect those will be coming out? Pro- they'll they'll be ready before before now. We've we've just got the prototypes um, together. We've just got to tweak a few things here and there, and um, to do with supply chain for components and stuff. But uh, we'll. We'll have them ready for retail, certainly before NAM. Okay. Awesome. Uh, are you going to have a pretty big presence at NAM this year? Or? No, we, we 
Funny you ask that because <laughs> no. every year, right around right around this time, every year we ask that same question. We look at it and we go, "Yeah, no." And we we did our first Nam show, I think, in two thousand and six, and our last in two thousand nine. And it just, in my mind, it just doesn't. Uh, and and I may be wrong about this, but it just doesn't pay to be there. When I could, you know, I know who all the dealers are in North America now. Just by getting on the computer, I can figure out who they are. By the end, I don't need to physically be there at NAM. Mm-hmm. On the off chance, I may run into the guys who are already dealers for us. So I'd rather spend mm-hmm. that money wisely um, doing better things than NAM. Now, if NAM, the NAM guys are listening, I'm sorry, that's my opinion. But but we do go there. Um, they'll, there's always five or six of us there. We rent a house. We have a lot of fun. We invite people over. We go to a lot of meetings at NAM just to kind of meet with suppliers and whatnot. But we don't bother exhibiting. Okay. It's kind of impossible when you have the, the product line we have. Uh, we may do Revolta only this year, which is one thing we're still mulling over because that brand by itself if you just check out the Revolta Guitars yeah. on the Eastwood site or go to revoltaguitars.com, you could see that it's kind of a standalone thing that is Dennis Fano inspired. And so we may do that, um, but we won't do a whole Eastwood thing. Okay. Well, if you end up going there for whatever reason, we'll be there and we can give us a high five somehow. Yeah, you guys can come over for our barbecue. Ooh, we're down there. We're Done. And now I know I know what to bring. Canadian bacon. <laughs> yes. <laughs> See? We got and, our plane tickets. We're going. Yeah. That's, that's, no, that's kind of a no-brainer. We'll yeah. just have to ship down a couple of cartons of Canadian bacon. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> just, just make sure you pack that's it well with Jared. pedals. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> just, just, you know. Pack it with pedals, and that's fine. Um, hey, so, uh, all right, we are going to uh, segue into our Whoa. second part, uh, third part of our show, which is... Would you rather... All right. All right. Okay. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> right. okay. Come on. All right. This week's Would You Rather, uh, especially because we have Eastwood on, today... For the would you rather. So you're walking down (laughs) the street (laughs) and you walk into a guitar shop that only has uh, a couple of guitars on sale. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And they only have a couple of guitars. Okay. Okay. And you have to buy one of these two guitars because you got a gig that night and they're the only two guitars left in the world. And this is would you rather. So you have to do something. Exactly. Would you rather have. The Cadillac Finn guitar that's on the shelf with the with like the two taillights. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. That, I mean, crazy things. Or would you rather have the United States map shaped, made by Gibson? I would uh, definitely take the Cadillac Finn. I mean, I that's a no brainer. Okay, I would, and I'd be happy with it. I I was I was gonna say if you only had like the United States map and something else, then I'd just. Whatever I bought, I'd make sure and I get a 48-hour return policy. I'd do the gig and <laughs> bring it back. But I'd keep the fin for sure. Okay. Tony, what are you doing? Well, I had one of the, the Epiphone map guitars. Really? Yeah. Oh my, And it was just horrible to play. Really? <laughs> yeah. I'm do you going, suppose the Gibson would have been you know, any uh, better? It's exactly. It balanced poorly. It was heavy. It was big. It was stupid. And uh, Didn't even sound good? It sounded like a Les Paul. Yeah. You know, it's 
basically what it was, only chopped up. Huh. So I'm did, going. I'm going to go. Did with, you? Uh, yes. Did you take a pin and poke it into the Ohio where you lived I, at that time? I did not do that. <laughs> Maybe oh, okay. it would have sounded better had I done that. <laughs> Jared, what are you doing? Well, yeah, oh. I didn't get a chance to say. Oh, sorry, Tony. Go I ahead. said that I had one of the episodes. Oh, that's right. Okay, yes. Which I should have kept now because they're yeah, trading for have. big money. But um, I'm going to go with the Cadillac Fin. All right. And with the, does that have batteries in it to power the, the lights? I would suppose you would need them, yes. Okay. I Man, would. I remember seeing one of those at Guitar Center ages and ages ago, like late, the late one? 80s, early 90s. Yeah. Yeah, no. legit. Oh yeah. Yes. What they what they want on for the wall? It? I remember seeing that. I was like, "What the? Who's playing that thing?" It was a pink cat <laughs> with like a pink Eldra. Uh, was that Eldorado fin? I'm not really sure. Could've Can't been. remember which model. But anyways, yeah, it was nuts, man. Well, it's got the two taillights down there. Whatever. It's got it's a Cadillac fin. Anyways, we're getting into this isn't the Cadillac fin show. So go ahead. <laughs> <Yeah. when> you, <laughs> You know, being a United States military police uh, veteran, yes, I am certainly. Thank you. I'm certainly screaming eagle right there. (laughs) There's no way (laughs) he snorted that I could do this gig without that fin. So I'm going to get that cut. (laughs) (laughs) All right. Uh, I, I'm going to take the U S map with the, with a contingency plan because you all know me now that I can't leave anything well enough alone. You're really going to do the map? Yes, because I'm either going to do one or two, one of two things. You're going to trace out all the states. You're going to build a wall at the bottom. No brother. No, (laughs) (laughs) I I used to have an old puzzle, like a kid puzzle map. Yeah. yeah. A lot of us had those. States, you know, the, all different colors. Yeah. I think that would actually look really neat, right? Yeah. Or actually, yeah. or yeah. or make it a what if history yeah. map, and it was a Union Jack over the top. <laughs> <laughs> that, or you could just cut ca- uh, California. California out. Out. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> There's many ways to do this. Extend Anyways, it out. I would have fun yeah. with it. it maybe I uh, sand it off and repaint it something else. <laughs> Anyways, uh, that was a fun one. Okay, thank you so much, Jared. Hey, you're welcome. Thanks, yeah. Jared. And uh, Tony. Yes. I'm going to ask Mike something real quick. All right, Mike. Uh, where can people find you on the internets? There's many places. The best place to go is just eastwoodguitars.com. And that leads to all of the various brands that we have, um, all the models, videos, everything you ever wanted to know about about the products that we have. Awesome. Um, From there, you could also check out myrareguitars.com, which is more of a kind of an ongoing blog. Um, But it, it, it kind of ties in with the history of all the strange weird things we do we do a bunch of videos like well i'll do some personal uh videos showing original airline guitars from the 50s that type of stuff and then the other thing we mentioned earlier is eastwoodcustoms.com which is where we launch weekly launch so you want to bookmark that page but we weekly launch new models it's our crowdfunding thing so it's a lot of fun just go check that thing out Anybody, if you visit um, eastwoodguitars.com, just so we know that you heard about us there, we've created a unique coupon code, which is going to give you a crazy good discount, but only one time. So, like, don't just throw 
a strap in your basket and waste this percentage off, but we're going to give you 20% off wow. your first order. Ooh. Holy moly. The, the entire order. So buy 10 guitars. We'd <laughs> wow. be happy with that. Holy and, smokes. And, and a strap. But there's, there's a coupon code. We're just going to, we're going to call it knobs 20 off. Knobs so cap, 20 off. Knobs 20 off. Just a capital K, N-O-B-S, two zero. And I think, well, you know what? We'll make it, We'll make it a variety of ways so we don't have to worry about the capital letters, but probably capital O F F. Okay, knobs twenty off. Knobs twenty Say off. Say it three times, and and the it guitar will man will come. <laughs> click, click your heels together. Here's twenty percent. That is a oh, huge. That is a huge great, deal. Big old Thank discount. you so much. Yeah. Well, uh, and yeah, it's it's been fun chatting with you guys because oh, I, I like I like your show. I like that it's fun and uh, kind of goofy. And, uh, <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> yeah, that's us, fun and goofy. We try yeah. so hard to be professional. <laughs> Never works out. No, um, no. But in all seriousness, that's a very generous offer to our listeners, and I greatly appreciate it. Our listeners are really important to us. Uh, they keep us going, and um, it, it, you know, when when folks like you decide that that you want to help out, it, it's uh, it's just really fantastic, and I'm and I'm thankful for that. So. Thank you for your generosity. Make sure you go check out Knobs yeah. 20 Off. Tony, yes. where can people find you? Well, it's, if you're looking for some custom pickguard work or yep. want to change things up, whatever, different colors, different materials, go to pickguardian.com cool. and see the stuff that I do. You can also go to post a lot of the projects that I'm working on uh, on Instagram. Instagram. Thank you. I had to think about that for a second. And that's... Uh, pick guardian and the number one jared well if you need some custom-made pickups go to brandonwoundpickups.com we also do uh, vintage type stuff uh, make it look old for you and we do rewinds uh, very inexpensive and quick turnaround Brandon perfect Wo- yep Brandon Wo- lovely pickups. Tony, I think you have some people we need to thank that are very important to we us. We need to thank our very important people, also known as executive producers. We love right. Them. We and love we have them. a growing list of people who go to patreon.com forward slash the guitar knobs. Yep. And they pledge uh, money every month. We love you. Yes. But the great thing about doing this, whether you're an executive producer or just somebody that just comes on board and maybe can't afford that level, but at every level, you get some neat prizes. That's right. I hand pack it myself. I've seen them do it. Pins and stickers. But when you get to the executive producer level... The one of the biggest things that happens is Jared. You, you get, get your, a T-shirt. You get your name read on the thing, <laughs> and you get a T-shirt and a barefoot button, and your name read on the and thing. a bunch of stickers, stickers, All right. and pics and Tony, different hit things. Us. So, I would like to welcome our newest executive producer. Yes, sir. His name is Corey Nigro. Yay! That's right, Corey Nigro. Welcome, my friend. Welcome, Corey. Uh, also. Uh, Key Sayers. That's right. We like Key. Doug Gann. Brad Partridge. Michael Van Zant. Doug Christ. Zach J. Wright. Gary Goodman and Son Beckett. Woohoo! Darren Gregory. Robert Marfleet. John Englund. Chris Kearney. Sean S. Oliver Gonzalez. John Daly. Robin Smith. Pete Marshall, Carlos Mancha, Matt Brammer, David Wolfson, Martin Cliff, 
and our original executive producer, Tom Barazin. Tom Barazin. Thank you all so very much. It means the world to us that you give a crap. And uh, <laughs> I mean, I'm just very being professional. Honest. Sounds good. <laughs> I yes. think we're going to put Canadian bacon in. Yeah, give a Canadian season. bacon. <laughs> Excellent. Um, you can feel it. Hear it sizzling. Uh, and, and and to those that that as as Tony mentioned, if you're doing the the one and five dollar tier, like honestly, I, you hear it from me because I write you a note. I I I really truly do appreciate you. Tony appreciates you. Absolutely Jared appreciates you. I love we you. Appreciate you. Uh, folks, we will be uh, at Nam uh, this uh, this coming Nam, and so if you're thinking about going and you want to connect with us, uh, reach out and see see how we might be able to do that. We've got so many amazing guests coming your way soon, and we can't wait to bring them to you. Thank you for keeping our show going. Thank you for listening. Thank you, Michael Robinson from Eastwood Guitars, for your time. You're welcome, and uh, thanks for having me. You bet. And until the next episode, have a great Guitar Weekend. Subscribe! Yeah. Well, that's it for these knobs. Please visit our Patreon page at patreon.com forward slash theguitarknobs. Visit our website at theguitarknobs.com for all of our past episodes, four on the floor blog, and other good stuff. You can connect with us on social too at our Facebook page and share your gear and stories on our Facebook group. Also, be sure to check out our Instagram, at Guitar Knobs. Catch you next time.